Flying Bull Productions presents Laugh, Literature, and Film. Welcome to the special edition of Laugh. Laugh goes to the Oscars. Today's review is of Lenny Abramson's harrowing film adaptation of the New York Times best-selling novel, Room. Brie Larson's powerful portrayal as Joy Newsom has made her an early frontrunner to win the Best Actress Oscar. Having been forced to live in terror in a small locked room for seven years, she tries to be the best parent possible to her five-year-old son and raise him sheltered from the horror of their situation while giving him all the warmth and love of a normal childhood. The film uses the bond of mother and child to explore thematically the incredible power and resiliency of love. The Academy of Motion Pictures has nominated this universally acclaimed movie for two other awards in Adapted Screenplay and Best Director. Join Laugh on another Best Picture review as they discuss... Welcome to episode 130. Uh, today we're talking about Room. Boom. Joining me is Richard Lusk and I am Ryan Bull. Uh, this film was filmed in a room a little smaller than the recording studio we are currently in. I think it was 8 by 10 space. Ridiculously small that supposedly these two characters, you know, they're supposed like to inhabit Like a tool shed this. you would have in the backyard. If you go to your local Lowe's or Home Depot. Yeah. Be the ones off to the side of the parking lot that yeah. are already pre-configured or yeah. pre-made. Pre-made, yeah. Not not really any bigger than that. Um, they actually filmed in that space, and they had a rule during the entire filming that the camera must stay in the room, at least the lens part of it. Right. So they had to make intricate and involved trapdoors on the side of the yeah. uh, of the edifice or on, the room. Or on the, the previous thing. show, we talked about. The Revenant, which was filmed probably on the largest vista available to any of the filmmakers. Today we're talking about the smallest. Right. How did that work for you? This was the movie I saw, the first movie I saw in the on my triple feature that I talked about when we discussed Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And going into it, I had, there's a student in my class that was that had been reading the book in my literature and film class. She was actually reading the book, and I. I had heard anything about it, but I knew that there was a movie called The Room, which is notorious for being one of the worst movies in the history of moviedom. And I thought in the first week of school, it's interesting that this girl is reading a book about the worst movie that's ever been made. And so I asked her about it, and she goes, oh, no, that's that's not this. This is about a girl or a, um, you know, a mother and a, a child. So and then I kind of put that on the back burner. And then uh, when I went to go see it, I was expecting that I'd like it, and I wound up not liking it so much. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't I don't hate it. It's just meh. See, now, I enjoyed this film. I thought it was quite good. And while I was watching it, Grant, I saw this a couple months after you, I thought for sure you would have loved this film because it's not super plot-heavy. It's all about character and emotion and relationships, things that generally you like in films. Really? I do? 
Okay. I, I don't know. I guess I, I do. I mean, where, I like, The know. Martian is a very plot-heavy film. Mm-hmm. This doesn't have a whole lot. And it's about those quiet interactions between characters, you know, especially the mother and child. They had chances in this film where you could have big plot driven, high tension, you know, after the kid escapes and before the police officers find, you know, the room and save his mother, Mm -hmm. there could have been a lot of tension when old Nick comes back and maybe he's threatening to kill Brie Larson's character. Okay. You could have had that in this film. Instead, they go away from that. Instead, they just go for the emotional impact of the subjective camera angle looking through the cop car window as Brie Larson comes out and sees her sons in the cop car and goes rushing to him to be reunited. Right. That's all emotion. Yeah. I thought you would have kind of enjoyed those. I'm wondering, that's so weird that you would think that I'm, I'm not emotionally attached to characters. Not so much the emotion, but the interesting dynamics. And, you know, this mother is trying to hide the horrors of the world from her, or the horrors of the room from her son and make him feel like he's getting all the experiences of a normal child. Hmm. Yeah, didn't do anything for me. It's like a batter. <laughs> it's the batter. It was a bratty kid. Butter, lady. too. Look at all that. Butter! Oh, yeah. Mash that in. Hope we got it. Why don't you do some of that? Yeah. Handle that? Yep. Abracadabra. Now the candles! We don't have any candles. Mm-mm. No. We should a birthday cake for real. That means candles on fire. Jack, it's okay without the candles. It's still a birthday cake. You should ask for candles for a Sunday treat, not dumb jeans. I'm sorry. You know, I have to ask for stuff that we really need. Stuff that he can get easily. I thought the kid was being bratty a few times. I was annoyed with him. I mean, I was like, I understand the situation, the heightened situation of this. I was like, can't you give your mom a break? <laughs> so what if she doesn't have a... A candle for your birthday cake is still a cake. Well, I mean, the kid hasn't seen... There's no TV. There is a TV, but it's... I think they show videotapes. Yeah. So, I mean, he has no real knowledge of the world. Right. I mean, at one point, he gets yeah. into an argument saying there is nothing more than the room. And she's like, oh, no, it's, there's all this stuff. And you're five. Yeah, I like the... I, I, I do like the, the psychological, philosophical aspects of that. Mm-hmm. The allegory of the cave and those elements. But those are more esoteric and not melodramatic. And I, what you described it not being in the film, I thought was in the film. Like when she rolls him up in the carpet and like Cleopatra <laughs> sticks him in the back of the, has Nick come in and, and, and put him in the back of the truck and all that. That just got, it was tedious for me. And it came in the middle part of the film. Did you think it was unbelievable? The escape? Yeah. I think that they would have manufactured an escape long prior to that. And I don't think that that... I mean, I've seen those sheds. And that when they showed it afterwards, it didn't seem to be that impenetrable. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm i not... I've never been a captive. I mean, so cause that's I, where a lot of the criticism of this film lies, is in the escape. Some people say, oh, you know, it's too cliche. You know, things come off just a little too easily. And I'm yeah, thinking... Yeah, it comes off kind of easily. 
when I saw it, I went, well, the only reason they're even trying to do this is because Brie Larson is so afraid that Nick is going to kill them very soon that, you know, he's unemployed now. He's very depressed. They have to try to escape now or else they could end up dead. And this is the best shot that they have. I thought that she was just waiting until he was old enough to be able to do it. I didn't know that there was this added tension of him, of old Nick losing his job. Yeah, he mentions that to her, that he's lost okay. his job. That and, didn't you know, come Stop giving me a hard time. Da, da, da. Huh. No, I, I didn't think. I I thought that now it's just kind of coming a little too late and hmm? the whole scenario. And, and then too early in the movie. And then a little too late. Because really the movie is not necessarily about them escaping the room. The movie is about putting together their lives after they escape. Or and him actualizing the the child played by uh Jacob Tremblay, Jack, him becoming, you know, someone that can be integrated into society. Like the movie Nell with yeah, Jody Foster. And he and I mean, but there's also a lot with Brie Larson trying to get back to the real world and, yeah, and deal I, with the fallout and then I was annoyed with that part. <laughs> Again, I, I thought you I would have really enjoyed, annoyed. you know, she ha- she has anger towards her parents for giving up looking for her. Her parents have divorced. Uh William H. Macy has a lot of trouble as the father of accepting. Yeah, he just Jack. comes in as a splash and then never comes back. You but that he can't him. look at this this kid is a reminder of what happened to his daughter and the innocent i think she was like 17 when she was kidnapped child that he lost and now there's this strange woman with a child that is supposedly his daughter and he is unable to reconcile and he can't handle it he's already he'd already made the cut psychologically Mm -hmm. from whatever it was in his past he'd already moved on so I, i see how it works symbolically the idea that her mother is married to Leo Bascalia at the end, and he's like perfect, and they have a perfect little puppy. That was just a little too melodramatic and ridiculous. I also really hate it when the marketing ruins the movie, because the poster for this is the last shot of the movie, and because we're so emotional and easy, easily manipulated, the filmmakers feel that we can rely. They can rely on that. They can put the last shot of the movie in the poster. And in most of the marketing, and we're still going to gobble it up. That angers me. I can tell. And I can tell in ways our <laughs> listeners can't because your lip is curling into <laughs> anger as you're working yourself up into this lather. I just, I, it, it angers me when art becomes commercialized to the point. I don't think that the people that put together this movie were behind the decisions that led to the marketing surrounding it. And then to put the final shot of the movie where they're actually outside of the room, which you know because the poster shows them in full garb, full winter garb, and they're smiling and laughing. When the movie opens with them in a bed inside of a room, you've, you, the whole entire movie you're waiting for that shot. You know that shot's going to come. If it came at the midway point of the movie, you'd be, I'd, I'd be much less annoyed. But the fact that it comes here at the end... Uh, when it, and, and you're kind of like predisposed to see it, just it it made me really angry. It left me with a sour, bitter feeling. I can see that. Apparently, now we know what types of movies you hate. If the opening shot is of a mother and child sharing a bed together, you're going to hate that because that's how Jane Got a Gun opens. And you hated that film too. I wouldn't know that because I wasn't. I was in the popcorn line. You were. You were getting that. So if I had seen that, you're right. I probably would have hated Jane Got a Gun but, even but more. Now we know. And we know those type, the genre, the the child in bed 
with mother genre. <laughs> um, the B8. The... This film's up for a couple of awards. Probably the one that has the best shot of winning is uh, Actress in a Leading Role. Brie Larson is mm-hmm. almost a lock for this. Uh, Kate Blanchett's also nominated for Carol. Jennifer Lawrence for Joy. Uh, Charlotte Rampling for 45 years. And Sarosia Ronan? Close enough. Sersha Ronan. Sersha Ronan for Brooklyn are the other nominees. Right. Do you think Brie Larson wins for this? Yeah, I think she's as much a lock as DiCaprio is. If she doesn't win, it'll be sort of an upset. There's no way Charlotte Rampling will get it because she made those incendiary remarks at the beginning of the award season, which she got the uh, nomination. She sort of opened her mouth up about the Oscars so white uh, movement. Mm-hmm. So that sort of killed any chances she had there. Uh, Blanchett for Carol. Carol's not up for any other awards. Maybe one other, two other awards. Uh, I think Rooney Mara might be up for, for supporting, actors. but none of the major awards. Yeah. And I don't think anybody saw that movie, so I don't think they're going to vote for. Her. Plus, she's already won, right? I believe so. Um, so. No, the other chances is, is uh, Vikander up for or. No, that's supporting actress. Yeah, Vikander yeah. got supporting actress for Danish Girl. Really, that should be a lead actress. Right. That really is a shared part. Or a, that movie is shared has two leads. leading characters yeah. in it, yeah. Uh, I think Brie Larson wins. I think that's it. I wouldn't be surprised if it won adapted screenplay, but I'm not, you know, I'm not sold on that. Probably the best adaptation from book to movie, like that replicates the movie and the feel and the tone of the movie is probably this. Well, it's interesting because the screenplay writer of this, Emma Donahue, also wrote the novel, and she somehow managed to hold on to the rights to this film and basically auditioned directors, and there were a bunch of directors who wanted to make this film because it was such a hit novel. Uh, A couple of years ago, Barack Obama was spotted while he was on vacation coming out of a bookstore holding this novel. So, you know, instantly, oh, let's turn this into a movie, and she got deluged with requests to uh, work on this film and she ended up uh, getting director Lenny Abramson. 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 Yeah, so uh, he's so. up for best director and this is up for best picture, best yeah. actress. You know, yeah, you don't think he wins? No, but it would be interesting if it won all four out of the blue. Yeah, Can you imagine how much it would uh, skyrocket in popularity? If yeah, I think a lot four. of people would go watch it then. Uh, probably of all the films on this list, this is the least seen film. Maybe this in Brooklyn. Yeah, it's only made $6 million so far this year. Which is a shame. It is a good film. I know you're not huge on it, but this is in the top half of your list easily for films, right? Top half? Um, nah, maybe not. I don't know. Of yeah, all I, the I films you saw last year, this doesn't even make your top half? Yeah, it, it might. I... I I can't remember. I was I was kind of bitter about it then. Is this your least favorite film of all the Best Picture nominees? No, Big Shorts. Big Short even less than this. Wow. I I, I at least I watched this the whole thing with a without falling asleep. Well, without falling asleep with an interest in what was going to happen. I wasn't happy when it finally did happen, but I was intrigued. Right. Big Short, I wasn't intrigued and I wasn't interested and everything was like that. It fell short of my expectations. This movie did too, but I'm glad that you liked it. You liked all the Best Picture nominees. I think this is one of Look the you, best, best years in recent memory for Best Pictures. I really have enjoyed. It. I didn't feel like I had to 
force myself to sit down and watch any of these films, and I can't say that about previous years. Well, that's our review of Room. Yeah, that's it. Uh, we've got one more film to do, Spotlight. Yay! So, uh, thanks for joining me, L-Train. All right. Uh, this is Mr. Two Frames saying there be dragons. Poxy Bone. What do you think of this year's Academy Awards? Let Laugh know your opinion. Email the show at thelaughpodcast at gmail.com, tweet at the Laugh Podcast, or send a message on facebook.com backslash thelaughpodcast. We will read the best comments on a future show.